0: Hey what's up guys it's Matt from Team Maxwell and today's podcast you're going to be listening to Max and Ish chef up a conversation about hiring, firing, and managing teams, how to train people, and more. Don't forget to follow us on your favorite streaming app for our latest releases and I hope you guys enjoy. So Ish, one of the issues I've been dealing with lately, we were talking about earlier, is like the whole hiring process, right? And you know, my, my strategy, and my thought behind hiring during COVID-19 would be easier. One is because 20 million plus people, job loss. I would assume that there's like salespeople that, good salespeople that don't have jobs right now. And offering a job that could pay anywhere between four and $10,000 a month, you know, you would get like an influx of people. And through Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Facebook, and even Craigslist, the lack of response to the ad in multiple versions of it, has me perplexed. Today you were with me training the few people that did respond, training those folks, and for the type of money potential that's there, were you surprised like I was with the, the pick? Because I, before you answer your question, a lot of people don't know, you've, you, you, you have a multi-million dollar sales organization, so you're used to always hiring. What is it called? B, always recruiting? ABR? ABR. So you're always recruiting, always be recruiting, something like that. But what do you, what did you think of today's talent? What did you think of, just what's your opinion in general?
1: I mean, when we think about today's talent and anytime you see talent, I think that as The person that has to win at all costs. What makes us special is we can impart talent. You know, like sometimes someone may not have all of the necessary skill set that we need initially. Mm -hmm. But if they got the right attitude, the mentality, and the character, we can instill it into them. And so a lot of times the best people don't come to the show. Because maybe they know that so many people looking for them or something like that.
0: Mm, so you but what about okay to, to that answer let's talk about during 23 I don't 30 million I don't know the stats people unemployed what's the thing all right I, my brother seems to think that a lot of people are filling out applications to just uh, satisfy their responsibilities on unemployment
1: I mean I kind of agree with Orlando but I also don't know yeah and I think the hard part is, Sometimes we want to be empathetic and put ourselves in the potential candidate shoes. We don't always really know what they think. You know, mm-hmm. we can speculate and say, hey, you know, maybe the unemployment is so good that they can be lazy at this moment and still survive for the next six to eight weeks or however long they're going to do the unemployment. But when it comes to those real people that need more than just, the money to get by, they just got this feeling inside, they wanna be fulfilled about something, they wanna Mm -hmm. do something, they wanna add value somewhere, those people are hard to find. But the only way that you find them is constantly going through the process in in which that we do, searching for them. So sometimes we maybe get the ones that, hey, they don't look like the best or they don't seem like they are gonna be the best candidates. Some of those people just got some, some kind of like burning desire inside of them that at that moment, when they meet somebody that could possibly, they could hitch their wagon to a star. They just do whatever it takes to get by that person and stay by them. And sometimes, just our energy make people become better than what they are. So sometimes we pull that out of them. I think.
0: Well, I think for you, what you you two always do is you build salespeople. Right. Right. I at this point in my hiring phase, I. I'd like to build a version of a salesperson but I want them to come what somewhat equipped and you're, you're, you're kind of different. You're just like you no know, I can you got time, you got eight weeks, you got a couple months. I'll build
1: them. I've tried it both ways and, and I think that you got to take what works for you you know mm-hmm. Some people have like these processes that are already together that they can plug and play a person in. I think that in my business model, to be honest, I'm not that there yet. And so I usually choose people that can benefit learning from my mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, in that sense, it makes them better entrepreneurs or better salespeople or whatever they are around me to gather. They get that from seeing all of the mistakes that I make. But some people that you can come in and you can plug and play, they good people and you get instant return from them. But they also usually disloyal because everybody is looking for them and everybody want to dangle something in their face just to get them to jump ship.
0: So so your, your strategy maybe, which is, could, I mean, your strategy is you want to build them because they become loyal to whatever you, because they feel somewhat indebted to you.
1: Not necessarily indebted. It's just sometimes when you lock arms with someone and you have went through the struggle and the processes and all the trials and tribulations that come with building something, it usually makes you feel a part of it. And so you own a part of it. Mm-hmm. And anytime when you own a sector of something, you usually take it differently than somebody who is just given a sector because this is their job for these nine or 10 hours and then you go home and then this is what you own here. Yeah. And when you got somebody that came in and they saw the process, they saw it go from a seed to an oak tree, they look at it totally different because they was a part of the whole building and watering and seeding. and They, they, they had a chance to, Watch it grow in grades. I think that those are the people that you need in your organization, especially in its adolescent phases, if you want to be able to share your vision on and on like down the road in the future. So I I, I do, Max, look forward to building people.
0: When you when I have you in there like day one or day two of training people, you be you're able to like point out somebody within the first day or so, be like, I gotta cut this one, mm-hmm. what gives you that, that intuition?
1: Um, the intuition comes from the pro- process of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. like you're having to cut so many people or you're seeing so many people come through and, and you see some make it and some don't. I think that gives us all intuition. The one thing, that, the few things that I look for, number one, I look for dependability. Um, and usually you can find that in the first few days or hours, you know, for mm. someone. The next thing I look for, is somebody that's loyal. If somebody can't be loyal to the people who they owe loyalty to, you can't trust them for anything, even if they talented. They usually become more dangerous when they are talented and disloyal. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, I look for the ability to do the job. You know, like, if I can really see solid potential in this person, and I know that if given the right training, they could do the job. I usually know that, okay, I can exert that energy or make the investment into that person. Number four, they got to have faith in what we're doing. You know, if somebody don't got faith in what you're doing, they can't see it go from wherever it is right now to what you're pitching, the vision that you're pitching. Because you got to have faith to see something that's invisible. So if they can't see the thing that you're talking about that's coming, ain't no use to working with it. Because they gonna be so afraid, and they gonna keep you right there. Because you gonna start loving them, and you want them to go with you. And anytime when you love somebody that don't want to go somewhere, you start trying to push them to start seeing it. Mm-hmm. You know? And number five, they gotta be willing to go the extra mile. Because how can you have, how can you get extra when you only doing what's necessary? So if somebody not willing to do more, we can't get more. We can't go further. You know. So I look for those five things. Um, and I also, I look for, number six, I look for the right attitude, and I also, number seven, I want to see how they respond to pressure. Like, of course, we're building something sometimes that ain't never been done before. Mm-hmm. If they can't handle pressure, they're not going to be able to handle the go. One time I was reading a book and it said, if you train people or if you recruit people for where you are right now, and they can't go where you're going, you wasted your time and money. So usually we need to start grabbing or building people or recruiting and hiring people who have the ability that can handle the stress of winning. The stress of, str- cause I mean, when you think about winning, you know, it's a lot of stress and strain to win.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I say a lot of people say, like, yo, I want to be successful. No, you want the results of success. Yes. You don't want the, you don't want the process.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause anytime when you think about what it takes to win and what, just imagine what it took for you to get from entry level, where you were to mm-hmm. where you are now, like, like what those nights were like. Mm-hmm. And then imagine what the average person would do if they had those decisions where you wanted to win or fold, whether you wanted to crack or, or, or fill the lane and move, go forward. Like if, if you had to do all of those things, what would they do in those moments? Most people would pick the easier route, and that would be to turn back and do something. So some mm-hmm. people just can't handle the stress and strain of winning. So you got to see what somebody do under pressure.
0: Yeah, this whole, this whole I'll be honest, one of the things that's in my business is that is frustrating is, is the hiring process, period. You know, for, for me, because what happens is I design a workplace that I enjoy, that I would enjoy working in. Right. It goes from all my past things that I loved or disliked from wherever I was at before and combine them and I design a workplace. What, what happens when somebody takes advantage of the situation you've built, right? I
1: don't think there's no way around it. I mean, there's always going to be somebody to take advantage of something, right? no matter what, no yeah. matter in what situation, I mean, you go to the park, people take advantage of free, free wipes or free like they take advantage of everything you know like
0: you're talking gets, about taking the wipes yeah. at uh chick-fil-a yeah taking uh, all of them
1: somebody gonna take advantage of everything bro um i think when we build a culture although we know we're gonna get those people that come to take we're looking for those we really build it for those people who really come there to give who come there that was just like us that's looking for someone just like us and we usually deal with all the other BS that those people bring just for those people so I think that that's why we build that kind of platform
0: you know over our friendship over the last couple of years one thing I know you do quickly is fire Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tell me about tell me about like your fire method how and, and how you do it
1: I think the method changes yeah, you know, because I think leadership is situational. You can't lead everybody the same.
0: I agree with that
1: 100%. Anytime when I have fired someone, it's usually because of a decision that they made.
0: I, I've never fired anybody. They fired herself.
1: Exactly. It's like, I wish I could just come up with a time or something where I would not have the office and we call all the people that we fired at Innovation Station fallen soldiers so as soon as they get fired they lose their name so in my phone fallen soldier number 6 fallen soldier number 17 you know what we call them fallen soldiers because you just couldn't make it through the war you couldn't see the side you couldn't see the other side anytime when you fire somebody bro it's usually because you wanted something for them that they
0: didn't want for themselves. Oh man, I hate you know I hate that, talking about that, that's like <laughs> the word is potential, right? When I think one thing I'm really, really guilty at is seeing potential in somebody, right? And acting like they've identified that potential and then giving them the opportunity to make that potential shine through. Right, and I think we were talking about earlier was having a, a, a determination assessment or was desire, desire assessment. Oh, yeah. I, what is their desire? And I think what happens is, is for me, I can personally talk about myself. Is when I see somebody with what I consider potential or something they may not see in themselves, I automatically think they want what I want. So I try to put them on the path that maybe I went down to make it a little bit easier. Okay, and if I had that assessment, that desire assessment, I would have seen that they never even wanted that. Never even wanted that potential to come out of themselves.
1: It's like your potential comes out of all of your struggles. And and usually that's the one thing that we run from, like the crisis of a situation, the trials, mm-hmm. and the tribulation, those things that make us who we are, mm-hmm. or make us who we're destined to be. Like Those are the things that usually tell the difference from someone who is going to be potential or kinetic. You know like there's potential energy, but it really means nothing until the light switch turns on, but Correct. What's going to turn on the light switch in some inside of someone? It's usually something going wrong. That's usually how we can A struggle. Yeah, that's usually how we can determine who's who. And if something going wrong doesn't make you want to do something about it to make it back right, you ain't the right one.
0: Man, but you know, I, it's it, it, it's it's ultimately for me personally, for that somebody that didn't come from, you know, a affluent family or anything like that. You come up, you know, like you you go through a lot of stuff, right? So like, got I left home at 17, got out of the military at 21, had my broker's license by I was 21, worked for a firm for one year, had my own firm by I was 22 years old. My, I, was, I was a licensed BIC, licensed broker in charge at my own firm. I didn't have any employees or anything like that or any, But just to go through that process at 22 years old, just to go, just to fill out the paperwork and understand what you were doing at 22 years old. And then I look at today's 22-year-olds that I'm hiring and I'm interviewing, and I'm like, man, you couldn't tie your shoelace in a windstorm. And it's just like, it, it's frustrating because you look at A lot of people, and and then you may identify somebody and be like, you got potential. I see it in you. You may not see it yet. And then you invest so much time in that person, so much energy in that person, and it turns out they just a lazy POS, or they don't don't want that. And that's where that desire assessment came in.
1: That's usually the hard part. It's, it's, It's because sometimes we can see somebody in the situation that we came out of, Mm-hmm. But they ain't got the same heart that we got to come out of it. Mm. So it's like you can see the outside of them, but you can't see what's in them. It's like for
0: like for me, like you know when you know I, I, I work in the uh, Western sports world and I have like a group of four cowboys mm-hmm. that I I bought a house, put them in a house. House is two hundred thousand dollar house, right? Four bedroom house, two and a half bath, nothing I ever grew up in, anything like that. Back room, cul-de-sac, they don't pay no bills, they don't pay that. Got and got Oh, upstairs, down, yeah. So <laughs> two car garage, the whole night and you see, and, and then you see so much potential in some of them. Now some of them do well, some of them, and you just was like, like I said, some you see so much potential and be like, man, only if you've seen it in yourself. I could only imagine at me at 22 years old if a millionaire or somebody successful would have scooped me up not say gave me anything but scooped me up and was like I'm gonna teach you the road I'm gonna show you the road that I travel or I'm gonna help you curve your your uh change the curve on your success not saying that I want it because I don't regret the way the path that I took but it's like when I give people those opportunities and they squander them I'm just like. But that goes back to that desire assessment. They never desired to be what I thought they had potential to be. They were cool with being whatever that was. I'm gonna keep it 100%. You should, as you should.
1: <laughs> if I was 20 years old and I met 35 year old Max
0: Max. Yeah
1: and you took care of me like that, I'd be a POS too.
0: <laughs> Why you say that?
1: Because I think that when we, when we help people avoid struggle, we also help them avoid who they gonna become. It's like the struggle bring it out of them.
0: So they need to hit that.
1: It's, it's like sometimes we can love somebody so much but we also, when you love somebody, you help them avoid, you protect. So you help them avoid things that we think that they can't handle. When the only way that they gonna become who they supposed to be is unless we teach them how to handle stuff. They
0: need that car repo. Yeah, they need all of that.
1: Bro, I can tell you about the times where my car got repoed in front of my whole staff. <laughs> staff. One time in the one time I never forget when we first started Innovation Station.
0: How long ago was that?
1: Um, seven years ago. Yeah. I was staying um, um, in the Extended State, right behind Haynes' mom. Uh-huh, mm. And one night, I phoned on um, three o'clock in the morning. My little brother answered the phone. Lady say, um, somebody here to see you. And then he was like, who? She said, you know, you know, like the, the lady at the front desk. And well, he woke me up, we go down, and it's the guy got my car on the bed because I paid my staff and they paid my car payment.
0: Made that and sacrifice. I, and I knew, listen, you know how you feel, you yeah.
1: my Lexus S330 <laughs> on top of that bitch. he pull it off. No, 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 he waiting right there on us. And uh, he got uh, he got the paper in his hand and my little brother looking all disappointed. And the guy said, you got the key? And my little brother got the key in his pocket. And he, no, you know. And I'm like, nah, give him the key. And he like, real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gave him the key. I could see him holding back tears, cause that was our only call. To yeah. To get to the territory to go out and sell. That was mm-hmm. our only call. And um, I was being the lead. I said, "Come on." I said, "Don't worry about it. it Won't never happen again." You know. I walk upstairs and the lights was off and six other people sleep on the floor. We in, a, you know, two beds And I sat up that night you got to turn up not you know. Yeah. And um probably about two months later, when I went back to that same car. I could have went and got any car I wanted. <laughs> you got know <what> I me? Mean? <laughs> this is how petty I am though. You know, I went back to that same parking lot. They ain't even cleaned it up to put it back on the lot yet. I bought that same car. Cash. Cash. Just to be petty. To prove to myself that hey, this ain't gonna never happen no more yeah and and that was it
0: so you're saying having them avoid I, those struggles I needed that. yeah
1: listen i needed that although yeah i made a good gesture of, you know paying my payroll and then but i still needed the embarrassment of what having my team wake up the next morning like hey how we gonna get to sam <laughs> <laughs> and i needed that you know like we are like i've been you know i've been i've been kicked out before i done seen i done had to sleep on the couch you know i didn't come from you know, I came from humble beginnings, you know? I mm. needed that, you know? My dream house was just a, a reason why when you was telling about that, I said, did it have two stories in it? Because that's all I wanted.
0: <laughs> two two oh, stories.
1: that's it, that's it. Me and my younger brother shared a bed our whole life. You know? Yeah. I needed that, Max. And if I would have met you at 20 years old, you would have put me into that. I would have thought I don't want it. Over. It's over, no right? struggle. So I I think that.
0: about that sometimes.
1: I needed someone to say, you know what? I'ma coach you, but I'm also gonna let you feel the pain of every wrong decision you make. And if I don't let you do that, you gonna think that because you're around me, success is easy because I can be the geese at the front, removing all the fall because mm-hmm. I'm holding it down, you know. But if I ain't here, will you be able? to handle the turbulence, to fly and migrate. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to do that? And I had to ask myself, will I be able to be the person that can handle the turbulence for the next generation? And that's what we're doing. So it's like sometimes inside of us, we want to, you know, make sure this person wins, but sometimes setting a person up for success is really setting them up for failure.
0: I think that's a, I think that's a lesson. You know, I think for me and in my organization and, and all together, there's a, there's some of that going on. Potential, you know, you're you're hiring for potential. You know, just all of that stuff. You know, I've made all of those mistakes.
1: But I want to tell you, you gonna do that. Mm-hmm. You want me tell you why? Cause soon as you, cause sometimes, stuff happening so fast that you can't afford to let them even learn them lessons because we got to win so Mm -hmm. i got to be the decision maker i got to be the captain i got to be the change agent but i got to get enough capital funds and stuff in the way so that i got enough leverage to let you learn Mm -hmm. and sometimes you at that place where you got to take the bull by the horns you got to be michael jordan and say look whatever we need i'm gonna make sure we got it but sometimes it ain't time for training you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like my mom wasn't able to train me like she wanted to because she had to work all the time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I was out in the street doing what I wasn't supposed to do because hey, my mom ain't home. But I didn't understand that her not by her not being home, we had something to eat. And so sometimes the people that we got around us, they don't see it that way. All mm-hmm. they see is what they not getting or what they are getting. Or if you start being tough on them and say, "Look, bro, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of doing that," they start saying, "Man, he tripping." Until they see what life is like without you.
0: Facts. So I guess I guess the moral of the whole story is probably don't set people up for success in the sense. The... Setting
1: somebody up for failure is setting them up for success. The eagle stirs his nest and say, "Kick you, get you, get your butt out." She ain't never put the man on his back and said, "Let's fly." She kick him out. Let's go. If you don't fly, you're
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we got to, but that's how we show whether we believe in somebody or not. If we don't set you up for failure, if we don't put you in a place where you can experience failure, we really don't think you capable.
0: Not battle tested.
1: Yeah. One time, a guy told me, he said, "Look, how can you prepare somebody?" for the tough situations, if you're easy on them. And I said, you can't. He said, well, imagine what happened if you can't be there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He said, so you can either make these these expedition games, like the real game so they're ready for it, or you can let the real game make you lose. I had to make a change. So I believe in being tough on people. I believe in making something small, minute, real big right then and there if I think that they're going to be somebody special. And yeah. if they show that they can't handle it right then and there, yeah. Oh,
0: fallen soldier.
1: Yeah, go ahead, are soldier.
0: So what are, th- what are three tips that you give anybody trying to run a sales organization? To, to Just three tips in general.
1: Three tips in general, I mean, don't always look for the smartest person. Because the smart person, if they ain't tough enough, they usually never get a chance to show it. Look for the toughest person. The toughest person can come in dumb, and if they tough enough to go through the emotional strain and struggle, they leave out the smartest. Um, the second one, I would say, the one mistake that I made is I spent too much time wanting everybody to get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Some people just ain't cut for it.
1: it. ain't cut for it. If you, as the leader, can get in the front, make the necessary adjustments, keep moving through the process, your business will grow no matter what, and the people that can't make it, they won't. The people that can, will. Mm -hmm. Third, have fun. Like sometimes when money get involved, it can take away the fun if you ain't making it. Like it's always fun when you get paid, you know? Yeah, it is. But if you can't enjoy not getting paid, you won't learn the lesson, and the reason why you didn't get paid, and you keep not getting paid. So, I think that you know, just off the cup, those three taught me a lot. You know, but working with people is is probably the most special thing you could ever do. You know? And the hardest. And the hardest. You know, it's the best. It's the out.
0: hardest part of running a company. Is the variable. Is the most, <laughs> craziest variable. Is people.
1: It's
0: the reason why. People. people. Just hundred percent.
1: If we all had to work with machines, everybody would be entrepreneurs and business owners. They would build gigantic companies, and we'll be, you know, all riding drivers jets, and you know, cause, cause the people are unpredictable. The unpredictable element always shows and brings about a person's skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that when I get a chance to hang around you and and, and Derek, you know, I kind of try. The blessing for me is to see what it's like to be around friends that are battle-tested and supportive. Because a lot of times you got people that are supportive, but they ain't never went through the battle, so how can you support me? You know what I'm saying? But I'm blessed to have people that also went through the battle and they can support me. Yeah. And if you want to win, you got to have friends like that.
0: Absolutely. Look, I appreciate your time today. This is a good conversation. I think it's off of my chest. As well, but we always talk about this stuff anyway. So appreciate y'all. I'll see y'all again soon. Peace. All right, all right, all right. I hope you enjoyed this episode, Max in the Team. Definitely, thanks you for listening. Again, follow us on whatever streaming service you're listening on now, so you can get our latest releases directly to your phone as well. Don't forget to follow Max on Instagram and Twitter at the Real Maxwell,
1: and subscribe on YouTube. Just Google us Max Maxwell.